Unluckiest day of the year. You stepped on a slug. No. It's bad luck. Yell, Blina. You're cursed. But Ren, barbecuing indoors is terrible bad luck. I am so embarrassed. No, you're not. You're cursed. Yes. That curse business is nonsense. Good morning to you, Slimesters, and welcome to Splat Attack, a 90s podcast overflowing into our slime-filled past. I'm your lucky fishbone rubbing monster, Brett. <laughs> and I'm your pig carcass ritual leader, Alex. Now, Brett. Yes? Do you believe in superstitions? I can't say that I do, though I'm not the type of person who willingly walks under ladders or freaks out whenever black cats cross my path. <laughs> uh, neither do I. Uh, though, with both of these superstitious episodes that are facing off in our verses today, some good old-fashioned luck of the Irish can come in handy to survive all the trials these episodes must face. Agreed. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'll pick one of these four-leaf clovers that I found on the ground uh, just in case. <laughs> Whoa, what's going on here? This one keeps growing larger and larger. Should I be scared or is something bad going to happen? Uh, considering the strange places our guests emerge from, I have a feeling this is good luck. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, it, well, from the looks of it, it looks like we've got our, our guest here. Yeah, now I've seen anything, everything. Uh, it, I guess that, that's our guest judge for today, Nathan Luna. Nathan, how are you doing? How'd you get in there? Well, you know what? A leprechaun told me if I close my eyes, spun around three times, and wished with all my heart that I'd get what I want. But I think he might have taken advantage of me. So, I, I, I think so. I mean, I thought being trapped in a lamp uh, was bad enough, but I can't imagine how little living space is in that clover. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. don't worry about that, leprechaun, man. You're in good hands with us. But uh, Fantastic. Uh, on, Fantastic. On a lighter note, welcome to the show. And you. how are you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So um, be before we get into the heart of the episode, Nathan, tell us your background with 90s Nickelodeon. How'd you get into, you know, these types of shows? <laughs> Besides watching it, I would say um, my background with 90s Nickelodeon is a little more than casual. We've dated a few times. I've probably <laughs> bathed in the waters of Onawana and stopped for gas in Wienerville more than once, more than I'd like to admit. So I'm pretty versed in it, I'd like to say. Oh, sounds like you've been around then. You know a few of the, the areas of the Nick universe, so you're, you're, you're quite the experienced traveler over here in Nickelodeon land. Been around the block, right? Right here. Put away wet, as they say in Nickelodeon terms, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you judge these two Nicktoon episodes today. It's a showdown. I'm excited to as well. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll see how things pan out on our search for the pots of gold today but before we begin what are some luck themed memories of moments or items that you have to share i would say like uh, the best luck i've ever had in my life was probably when i defeated johnny lawrence at the 1984 <laughs> all valley karate i'm just kidding um, <laughs> lucky items <laughs> i was waiting to say that all day i was like no i'm gonna do it 
No. Wax on, wax <laughs> off. <laughs> Got it. No, uh, lucky items. I collected a lot of action figures growing up, and I would say probably my luckiest item. It was a weird one, but it was a minifigure of the 90s remake of Lost in Space. The robot yes. they had of it, and I would just always have it in my pocket doing, weird, I don't know, weird stuff. Jumps on bikes, skateboard tricks, and did me all right growing up. So I'd like to think it was pretty lucky. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds good. Oh, man, that reminds me of when I used to play of action figures in the sandbox at elementary school, mainly with, like, the Power Ranger toys with the flip heads. And it's like, morphin' time! And then just fight with your friends. Yeah, it's good times. Um, actually, that's not one of my lucky items, though. I, ha I have a couple of moments and items to share. The first one of all things is a Lucky Pogman shirt that I won in a tournament in first grade. And it, it had the same design as one of the Pogs that I had that came with it, where it's like, it reads 100% authentic Pogman, and he's like holding a banana and he's going sideways. And for some reason, I was really obsessed with that like caveman character who was the mascot for Pog at the time and got me into collecting Pogs and saving up my allowance to get them. And I, I call it lucky because it helped me win other tournaments during recess in elementary school. And I it's the only shirt I've ever worn that lasted me over 20 years. I managed to wear it from 1994 to 2015 when I had to finally get rid of it because the the like armpit scenes were starting to rip out rip apart but it, it was amazing even though it was like a, a child large it still fit me after all these years a little bit tight but i was very proud to wear it and it always put me in a good mood when i wore it that's a well-made shirt it is they don't make them like they used to i mean i had a shirt that i got last year and it only lasted two weeks before it started falling apart and the decal started rubbing away so yeah there's something to be said about 90s quality built tough built for play I never really had any lucky items. Uh, the only one thing I had that had any luck superstitions with it was a rabbit's foot. Uh, and Classic. I had I had always wanted a rabbit's foot because I, I don't know I, I don't know if I wanted it because I was such a, I was so small. I don't know if it was just the novelty of it or if it was because I really thought it was lucky. But I've never seen one anywhere. But I've always heard about it. And then it was at uh, in an arcade and over in Lexington, Kentucky that my aunt and uncle took me to and then I got a bunch of tickets and then go to cash in the tickets and they have rabbits they have different colored rabbits feet here give me the red one because yeah, again red's my favorite color and I kept that with me a lot it, I think I had it on, on the keychain uh, as a it was a keychain rabbit's foot, but I had it on my book bag for school. But I never really believed that it was lucky. I just thought it was cool, and I kept it around for a while until the chain wore off, and then I just put it in a drawer and left it there. I've, I've never seen a red rabbit before, so I'm wondering if that's actually a lucky Ickes foot that you have. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for it behind me. but <laughs> <laughs> I think other than that, I, I actually have an instance that I remember where I had a lucky mini golf game and it was around the same time where I got rid of my lucky shirt where I, I went out with a friend downtown and I, it was like one of these really old looking mini golf courses that's been around since the 50s or 60s with classic windmill and, and different like twists and turns and you know the, the typical like statues moving their legs to get the uh, ball through the hole, stuff like that. and. At the end, there's one of those ball return holes where it's like, if you hit it in this hole, that's like above all the other ones, you get a free game. And 
you know, to the side, there's like losing holes or just like this big slot where all of them go if you don't make any of the holes. It's, it's similar to the ski ball. And I've never done any of these in my entire life before because I used to play mini golf like a madman, like since first grade when I first got introduced to it. And I just like channeled all my focus into that very moment, kind of like how Bart has that Zen moment when he's playing in um, that season two episode of Simpsons, Dead Putting Society, or like in Billy Madison, when he has to just tap it in with his, his mentor <laughs> telling him to. And I managed to get it straight up with just enough force to get into the middle middle hole. Lights went flashing, a siren went off. I was like, yeah, all right, free game. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it, it, it felt amazing to finally win something you've been losing your whole life. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I feel that yeah. like in my heart. I'm like, that's good. Thank you. Well, if uh, no one has anyone else, anything else to share, uh, let's not obsess over our lucky memories any longer because we've got some superstitions to dispel and some black magic to beat up. Grab your luckiest rab lucky rabbit's feet and four-leaf clovers because Alex and I are headed into the ring for our St. Patrick's Day versus face-off. Let's get it on. Let's get ready to versus. All right, Nathan, will you read the categories for us, please, as our judge? I would love to. Weighing in today, we have Alex versus Brett, and the categories today are story, main character, supporting characters, use of the superstition theme, and lasting appeal. Correction. Nathan was using some incorrect notes. Uh, not his fault, but ours. But the final category is most unlucky character. All right, Brett. What uh, what episode are you defending? I'm defending Oh Lucky Monster from Ah Real Monsters. It is from season two, episode eight A, and its air date was October twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. It was written by Mark Palmer and directed by Igor Kovalyov. Kovalyov. Yeah, it sounds like a dog barking from the dump. <laughs> it's Russian. Don't worry about it. Oh no. Alex, what is your episode that you're defending today? Uh, no, no Russian. Um, I have Superstitious Stimpy, obviously from Ren in Stimpy. Uh, this is from Season 4, Episode 13A. It was released on April 1st, haha, uh, 1995. <laughs> it was written by Ron Hug. 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 And Jim Gomez. And uh, was directed by Bob Camp. Classic. <laughs> See, again, I'm, I'm just all about butchering people's names. It's so fun. It's okay. They're not around to be insulted. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can always, you know, come on the podcast and correct me on how to correctly pronounce their name. Yeah, we'd love to pick their brains, not names. <laughs> I love to, I'm always picking their names. Yeah. Prick your feet. <laughs> it reminds me of that <laughs> switching our uh, moment from uh, Iron Monsters. Alex, Brett, I'm ready to hear deliberations from both sides now when it comes to what episode is the best. Well, according to us in this triple E of friends here, who will argue first? Who would you like? I'd like to see Brett. Brett was eager to do it, and I, I hate to say it. Alex asked me before we did this what I like more, and I, and I'm a bigger all real monsters fans so i'd say the content's more interesting but after watching the ren and stippy episode today 
I'm a little swayed. It was very, um, I'd say like to use the right word, maybe cultish. A lot of, the, <laughs> a lot of rituals. Yes. I was like, what is, is this a Black Sabbath music video? <laughs> I'll have you start first, and it, it, I, I, I love all real monsters, but I want you to make me keep loving it. So let's go. Yeah, you should have seen our Cursed Skull episode. That was cultish. As our three acolytes rise into the screen to uh, set up the incantation circle, it looks like we have our friends Dan from Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds podcast. We have our good buddy Justin Golosi and our returning co-host and friend from Big Orange Couch, Andrew. Well, getting back to the heart of the matter, um, I'll start off with my story for Oh Lucky Monster. So the episode opens as we see a panicked Oblina run through the dump. Just as the Grombles class is about to begin, Ickis and Crumb are both disagreeing about whether Oblina will be on time or be late. Luckily, Oblina makes it just as the belch rings. She raises her hand to show a scare she is proud of. As she is on her way to the viewfinder, she steps on a slug, triggering the entire student body to gasp in shock. <gasps> she asks why everyone is dreadfully started, startled, and Ickis replies, You stepped on a slug! Now you're cursed! She just calls it a bunch of rubbish and continues to share her scare on the projector. Unfortunately, when showing her scare, the viewfinder breaks, causing her to fall down the stairs leading to it. Oblina, refusing to believe that she may be cursed, decides to go above ground. She tries to find potential humans to scare, but her plan doesn't go quite as expected. The target human takes out a paddle ball and bounces it and swings it all over the place, and she's unable to get her scare in. In denial, she's convinced that everyone has had a bad scare every now and then. Just then, the rope of the cage elevator starts to tear and snap as it crashes to the bottom instantly. Oblina screams in frustration that she is cursed. Ikis then performs a voodoo-style dance to help Oblina be cursed-free. Crumb, wanting to help, walks out to the dump to look for magical objects. Everything he sees is a bust, until two seagulls drop a fish skeleton. He takes it back to Oblina and Ikis after he altered it with a chain, and he suggests you wear it, you rub it, as he puts it on Oblina. Crumb forces her to go back above ground to try out just one more scare to see if the fishbone helps. We see a family in the park videotaping their little daughter acting all kid-like. The parents get distracted as her brother steals their attention from his younger sister, and she walks over to the bush where Oblina, Crumb, and Ikis are. Oblina terrifies the young girl by pulling out her own intestines from inside her, and the little girl <laughs> freaks out and runs right out of the park. Regaining her confidence, Oblina craves more scares. Immediately, Oblina notices firemen setting up for a fireworks show. As she runs up to scare them, Crumb reveals to Ikis that the fishhead necklace was actually all made up. There's no luck at all. Oblina freaks out because her fish head bone necklace is gone, but her two companions vow to help her with this next scare because she doesn't need the fishbone for luck. One of the firemen thinks that she is a firework and sets her up to launch. Just then, as one of them fires up the lighter, Oblina scares them as the lighter falls into a cart of fireworks, exploding all of them before they hit the sky. A dazzling display of fireworks litters the Monster Academy viewfinder as the grumble says, SPECTACULAR WORK! A monster asks how Oblina got such a great scare, to which Oblina humbly replies, Just lucky, I guess. End of episode. No, I'm well versed in the episode, and I would have to say that you were um, a true Hemingway in your description <laughs> and how you, how you went about that. Thank you. Actually, I have to be honest, one of my favorite parts, I was telling my wife, I was like, Logan, 
This is gnarly. At one point, Alguina reaches in and pulls a butt all of her guts out and shows a child in Japan. <laughs> and then literally afterwards, I was thinking, and then she's she's sick. She has an obsession. She needs more. And you like said it, like not in those words, but it was beautifully done. So Alex, I love all real monsters. Brett killed it in his description. And he's absolutely right. She pulled her guts out. So what do you got for me in terms of Red and Stimpy? Uh, so for Red and Stimpy, the episode begins with Stimpy nailing a boar's head to the wall, and Bren enters and asks why he is doing that. Stimpy explains that it is Tuesday the 17th, the most unlucky day of the year, in apparently the month of <clears throat> March, where <laughs> the planets align in conga line of chaos and disaster. The boar's head is good luck and expels all bad luck. Stimpy suggests that Ren kiss the boar's head in order to combat bad luck, but of course Ren refuses, seeing Stimpy as a stupid for listening to an old husband tale. Stimpy can't believe what he is hearing and counteracts the bad juju by whipping himself with rose thorns. <laughs> Ren decides to kick the boar's head, but the body of the boar comes back causing the boar's head to be reunited with the body, which, of course, kicks Ren into the wall. Mm -hmm. Later, Ren attempts to start his indoor barbecue. He orders Stimpy to go get the meat, but Stimpy says that cooking indoors is unlucky. Stimpy brings the carcass outside to stop the bad juju. Ren, impatient, walks outside to find Stimpy offering the carcass as a sacrifice. Ren steals the carcass back and throws it onto the bed, which is extremely bad luck. So Ren, not afraid of the juju, bad juju, calls him out. Just then, he is struck by lightning. Furious, he orders Stimpy to go back inside. Ren cooks the beef carcass on the bed while making the atmosphere as unlucky as possible. Uh, despite Stimpy's warnings, he dismisses his concern and gets Stimpy to say that superstitions are fake and he is a moron. <laughs> when Ren turns his head, Stimpy notices a wine red mark on Ren's cheek in the shape of Argentina. Uh, Stimpy is freaked out and he asks Ren, what is that on his face? Which Ren replies, well, it's a birthmark. Stimpy going through his book of unluckiness, he discovers many telltale signs of unluckiness, including webbed toes. Ren even has a horn on his head and is the unlucky beast, the most unlucky person in the world. Ren admits that he was born on Tuesday the 17th and as a result is cursed. Stimpy decides to help Ren by mixing a concoction, jumping off the roof because Juju is scared of heights. Then Stimpy made a checklist of anti-bad luck charms for Ren to wear, such as, uh, let me get out of the way here, a cinder block. <laughs> a, a cinder block hat with a rodent, underwear full of garlic, skunk toes, a mouth full of pig intestines and leeches on his arms. <clears throat> Ren must hold a pose until the next day. Unfortunately, <clears throat> nature calls and Ren has to go to the outhouse. So Ren goes in and gets 
struck by lightning. Ren makes it back into the house, burnt to a crisp, and gets struck again. Concerned, Stimpy decides to give Ren his family's heirloom, a lucky leper's foot. Ren kisses the foot and becomes luckier, but a leper, along with the same boar from earlier, comes in. The boar tells the leper that Ren is the one who stole his missing other foot, and the leper takes the missing other foot back and starts to hit Ren with it. Although, Stimpy says, it's good luck to be smitten by a leper. And then we iris out. End of the episode. All right. All right. That's very true. And I'd like to point out that I think right when the Argentina birthmark was shown, that's when things got the weirdest for me. (laughs) After after that point, like the offerings that they were trying to do, everything. So, yeah. And speaking about Juju like it's a person is absolutely hilarious to me. (laughs) (laughs) When I first saw this episode, I thought Stimpy was referring to Juju Fruits. (laughs) That's awesome. Gets stuck in it's bad juju. Oh, I can't pull him out. <laughs> my son, my son was in the room with us when I was watching them, and like when the rose slapping, I, I was myself was thinking, what in the Da Vinci Code is happening? But I looked over at my little guy. I was like, oh, what? I was like, okay, you gotta go, dude. Like, I got, I'm working right now. Don't try this at home. It'll hurt. <laughs> yeah. So after hearing both arguments, there are not necessarily arguments, but very well description of each shows. Red, <laughs> who's the main character of yours? Uh, my main character is Oblina. She's the one who deals with all the, the bad luck going on at the Monster Academy <laughs> and out in the real world. And uh, normally she's like an a, a student scarer. She is very proud of her scare. She's very creative with the different forms that she takes throughout the series. Sometimes she's an umbrella, a cane, a snake, you name it. She sometimes even transforms into totally outlandish creatures. I can't even figure out like a like a shark or this weird monster of giant ears that's like faded blue, whatever. Um, but here we, we see one of her signature moves, which is to pull her guts, intestines to be specific, out of her mouth to you know repulse people and send them flying through the fields. And um, when she steps on this slug, it really shakes her confidence because normally she's like, I got this in the bag, another top scare, another gold star for me from the grumble. But because because she gives into the superstition that everyone's propagating uh, as they all witness it in the Monster Academy, it, it begins to like cause her to create doubts for herself. And uh, it's not often we see Oblina wrestle with this, but it's something I could definitely relate to as someone who's like an overachiever growing up in school, trying to get like the best grades possible to show everyone I'm so smart and, you know, studious. So um, I, I appreciate what what kind of challenges she goes through through this episode. And, you know, there are times when we're kind of desperate and we want to get back on our A game. And to do that, we'll find outside sources that we have to kind of take a leap of faith to. And in this case, it's the, the lucky fish head bone thing that Crumb gives her and just trusts it because she it's her be- one of her best friends. So she's, she figures, what does she have to lose? She just keeps, you know, holding it and rubbing it and holding it and rubbing it to get all that good luck going on in her. And we, we start to see it work. She stumbles at first for a little bit, but when she scares that kid who's like eating the worm, uh, the, the little sister character, she, she gets a rush of adrenaline from it. And she's like, all right, this is awesome. This is working. Let's, let's go and scare some more humans. And then she goes towards like a bunch of, 
teenagers who are playing soccer. She eats like the soccer ball and becomes the soccer ball that's being kicked around and then scares them all from the center, which is not a great scare. Uh, send them all flying in opposite directions. And then she's like, yeah, this is awesome. One more, gotta get one more, keep one upping herself. It's, it's like that high of getting good grades, so to speak. And so when, when she faces the challenge of scaring the, the fire marshals or firefighters who are doing the, the fireworks display, because this takes place on 4th of July, even though it's luck themed, um, she, she gets a little bit overly ambitious and in over her head. And that's when she needs the help of her friends to help her out uh, so that she's not exploded in the sky like you know, all the other fireworks that are next to her. So she, she realizes the, the error of her ways and kind of humbles herself a little bit. And through the help of her friends, she gets out of it and realizes she doesn't need the lucky fishbone head thing at all. I mean, it's always been within her. It's just a matter of shaking that doubt of the superstition and regaining her confidence. And I appreciate that she's able to recompose herself to realize the, the strong monster that she is in her class. That's a beautiful explanation of that. Not to Thank mention, you. I think that you hit it kind of on the head being a little herself, um, being studious. She's kind of like the Hermione Granger. Yeah, of her or little Lisa group. Simpson. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But you explained that so beautifully. That's wow. That was poetic. You made monsters <laughs> poetic. The Grumble would be proud. What can I say? I love this show. <laughs> that, that's amazing. No, I love it as well, too. Yeah, that's absolutely the truth. I mean, and I love the analogies to your own personal thoughts and, you know, feelings as well. That's beautiful. Thank Alex, you. who is the uh, who is the main character of your episode? So before I go into the main character from mine, I actually want to address something about the main character on the Aura Monsters. It's not really addressing anything. It's just pointing out my favorite thing about my favorite thing the character does in uh, Brett's episode. Sure. <laughs> is anyone else somewhat disturbed by the fact that Oblina is behind a bush, rubbing a fish, rub, rubbing a bone, going, "Oh yes, oh yes." Oh, yes. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Okay, First yeah. thought that came to mind as soon as I watched this episode, I'm like, wow, if you happen to be in the other room without context and hear this on the TV, you're like, wait a minute. What is going on here? And then, as soon yeah. as, and then the child goes, what is that? When the child notices she's got that deer in the headlights, uh... What, yeah. like your like your parents catching you in the act? Look <laughs> at my guts! Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. The, I mean, no, that's I a... did notice that. I wasn't sure if we could make jokes like that, so I didn't bring it up. Just like earlier, you, uh, Brett said, like she was like a drug to her. You know, or like addicted. I wasn't sure if I could make that an out. So I was like, yeah, she's kind of addicted to it. I don't know. Yeah. But now I know where we're at. Now I feel more yeah, confident you're... about my answer. I, I do want to ask Alex. I want to jump in real quick before you tell me about your main character. Did anybody notice? In the very beginning of the episode, in the junkyard, do you notice the swinging little horseshoe in the top left? For good luck. I did not notice that. If you're rewatching the very beginning, yeah, and all real monsters, when oh. Oblina's running in the junkyard, a top corner, like up here, like it would be like in the episode. There's a swinging little horseshoe. It shows briefly, huh. randomly. I don't know why it's there in the junkyard, but yeah, I think it truly had to do with luck in our episode that we're filming or doing now. So. But uh, going to the Ren and Stimpy episode, Superstitious uh, Stimpy, uh, it's, it can be a bit tricky to 
choose which one is the main character and which one is the supporting <laughs> character because they get so they just about get equal screen time. But yeah. uh, I think for this particular story, Stimpy is more the main character. We follow him a little more, and he has more range. Well, I don't know what to say. I'm still going to say more of a range of emotion because he flip-flops back and forth throughout the entire thing. Uh, he's very nervous from the get-go about this being Tuesday the 17th, and it's very unlucky and is already trying to combat bad juju with doing good things, and to believe in something so profoundly and then have somebody else who not only disbelieves it, but also ridicules you because of your belief in it makes it even that much harder. Um, but of course, Stimpy is nothing if not persistent. Uh, so uh, despite Ren's constant uh, humiliation and banter, Stimpy is still pushing for it. And he's always looking out for Ren throughout the episode. He he's very little concerned about himself cuz he's already got he's doing what he knows to do. So he knows he's in the clear, but to see Ren <laughs> constantly doing horrible horrible bad luck things, he wants to make sure that his best friend is safe. Uh and even though he's listening to a husband's tale, he cares for him. And whenever he's doing something awful, even though it's not exactly bad luck, it's just stupid to have a barbecue indoors. Uh, he's still looking out for him and just takes what he's doing and takes it outside where it's safer. And immediately, without even asking for permission, just this needs to be done, starts to do what he feels need to be done. And then he gets humiliated even farther whenever Ren goes about this ritual, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. But he does whatever... When Ren establishes this line of, this is stupid, this is as far as I'm going, and you're not going to change my mind on it, Ren ends up... Or not Ren, Stippy gives in and listens to Ren and does what he says because surely somebody... I'm an idiot. Stimpy has always known I'm an idiot. I'm happy to be an idiot. Ren, he's the smart one. So he does what Ren knows to do and ends up repeating, you know, I'm an idiot, and but does what he says. And turns out, Ren, God, Stimpy is not as stupid as most episodes. He's actually quite smart in this episode because in this yeah. universe there is bad juju and good juju uh, and he begins to realize through through his research he notices the birthmark that we've never seen throughout the episode yet it's there he notices the webbed feet which is absolutely a duck's foot uh, <laughs> he notices the horn which again none of the stuff we've ever seen it just happens to sh magically show up throughout this yeah. episode must only manifest itself on Tuesday the 17th but uh, he begins to realize that Ren has been hiding this the whole time and confronts him on it. And it's very rare that Stimpy confronts angry Ren and then puts Ren in his place. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's a very rare thing for that to happen. But R Ren ends up crying and is very sad. And Stimpy doesn't hold that against him, even though he's all about bad luck and you're all these horrible things are going to happen to you. He could have run away uh, because this is the unluckiest creature in existence. 
I most characters who are as strong in their belief as Stimpy is about this would probably want to get as far away as possible, but he doesn't do that. He, again, cares for Ren, wants to help Ren. So he ends up giving him something that's very precious to him to help combat his complete unluckiness. Uh, and, of course, it's Ren and Stimpy, so there's a twist at the end, but Stimpy is ve very, very happy with the outcome of, ah, oh, it's good luck. So the entire episode, Stimpy very much runs a gamut of protection, humiliation, I don't care, I'm going to help you anyway, and then completely submitting to something's not right and calls him out on it and helps him anyway. It's it's quite the arc for Stimpy. I would say it's a hero arc. Very much. For Stimpy, that's good. That's good. So... <clears throat> In both episodes that we covered, I think that we had some strong main characters. Mm -hmm. But in our episodes, let's talk about our supporting characters a little bit. Brett, in your episode, Oh Lucky Monster, who do you think the supporting characters are and how do they play out in that to come to the end game, I guess, of what the episode's totally about? Well, the supporting characters in this episode are often the supporting characters in most All Real Monsters episodes because... Right next to you. Your yeah. friends that you brought with you in the back. <laughs> Ickis and Chrome are, are usually by Oblina's side because they're an inseparable trio, and it's no different here. I, I, I love seeing all of them work together through challenges on, her, on their scares, and in this case, it's just making sure Oblina gets the scare that she wants and her confidence back. And uh, even when she struggles, she's, she always has them by her side, just talking through all of her emotions, like, oh, this, I can't be cursed, I can't be cursed. And they're like, come on, people have had better days than this. It, it, it'll, it'll wear off. And when it continues to bother her, they're always there to do what they can to help her out. Like Ickes, you know, gets into that Carmen Miranda getup and starts dancing around with that, that awful wailing that he calls singing <laughs> as he's going through that like spell book to help her with that incantation. And I have to sing. <laughs> and then of course, Crumb goes out into the dump trying to find something lucky from like uh, a coat hanger in his mouth to lime or beans or however he pronounces it, which is hilarious. Lucky lime beans. Lime beans. And I just really love the camaraderie uh, among these three characters, particularly with these two characters, you know, feeding into Oblina to help support her in her time of need. And even even when things get a little bit dicey with the whole fireworks scene where she's almost lit up like a firework and she spits out the fuse, uh, they're they're there right by her side to to help her out. So we we actually don't see too much of the Gromble here who can occasionally be a supporting character. He's just more of straight up figurehead who who announces certain plot points in the show, which is fine. Uh, this is really Oblina's time to shine in this episode, and Ickes and Crumb just do a lot of stuff to help her out. It, it, it's pretty simple, really. <laughs> it is. It was a simple. You know what? As simple as it was, it was a life less, lesson episode. Mm -hmm. Always be I there for your was. friends. Like, Sometimes the simplest things are like that. I feel like Mr. Rogers talking like that. Like sometimes yeah. the simplest <laughs> things are like, but yeah, it really is. And there, there was one thing uh, that Ickes said that I, I had to rewind it a couple times to make sure I heard him right. But whenever, I know what you're talking about. I uh -huh. have it written down. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. What, what was it? Okay, let's see. 
Does Ickis say skanky? Yes. When Chrome yes. gives a bling to the bishop. <laughs> I'm like, skanky. I haven't heard that yeah. insult in a long time. Okay. <laughs> wow. Skanky. Although I think he has a different context for it. Like, it, it, there din is. Dingy, dirty, un unwanted. <laughs> the, the, there is a more... Uh, there is a more acceptable definition for what he is using it for, but yeah, <laughs> of course, us in our thirty-something twisted sense of humor minds, I'm like, uh, mm, mm, mm. yeah. Or if it's a sky music, you could be skanking around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> this did come out in 1995, and that was like the peak of ska coming out. Yes. with no doubt, mighty mighty boss tones. They're usually the two that come to mind. Yeah. That's cool. What a, what a time. What a time. You put some Nicktoons on and trumpets going off and you're skanking. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, uh, I got off topic there. I apologize. Supporting characters for Alex's episode. Uh, so we have, much like uh, the Gromble, who's just there. The, the, we we have the boar and we have the leper, but they're mostly there for comedic effect. <laughs> but it is fun to point them out because you don't get to point out a headless boar and a leper in most episodes. <laughs> but uh, again, uh, going back to the they share a lot of screen time together, so you will have a lot of Ren in this episode. Most of his arc I had already addressed because it ties in with Stimpy's so much. But uh, Ren, for the most part, doesn't have as much of a character arc as, uh, as Stimpy does. Throughout most of the episode, he's just bitter frustrated and angry like 99% of the series Ren and Stimpy uh, and constantly insulting and berating Stimpy uh, just to make himself feel superior but uh, as mentioned earlier he, it's revealed that he is the most he is the unlucky creature which I think is kind of fitting considering how unlucky these two always are throughout the entire run. There's actually a backstory for one one particular thing about Ren that could explain their entire run throughout Ren and Stimpy, which I've never really thought of until this episode. But uh, just the fact that he has all these physical appearances and you never see them at all until this episode is, is hysterical to me. But uh, his it, it, it isn't until that moment when you have such a shift. Uh, I think the only other time that I can really think of where he's had this is when uh, 
Stimpy gets popular from television and ends up leaving to go pursue an acting career and then Ren ends up missing him and starts making things to look like him uh, I've, those are the only two real instances when Ren has been humbled that I can think of uh, I mean we've always seen them scared by imposing figures but never to the point where he has gotten down and stays down throughout the remainder of the episode yeah. But it's much like Brett's. It's a fairly simple thing because it ties in so much already with what we've already addressed. But not as not as much of an arc, but still an important one. All right. Well, I, I actually wrote down. Um, I thought the lightning was a supporting character. <laughs> it, it does <laughs> seem to come in with just the right timing. Come on, Juju. If he doesn't like it, let him stop me! No! I'm sure that was just a coincidence. If it happens the third time, it's not a coincidence. Dang, damn it! I said dang! Alright, well, you know what? We talked about main characters, we talked about supporting characters. Let's talk about how the use of superstition was used in each of the episodes. Red, I'll start with you. Sure. Very good theme. Uh, superstition. I mean, that comes down to people believing outlandish claims that somehow come to be true due to power suggestion. And it's no surprise that stepping on a slug, which I've never heard of in any any other cultures of happening, I think is just made up for this episode, uh, creates bad luck for monsters. Unless it happens in Monsters, Inc., which is the only other monster-based cartoon I'm aware of. Uh, but, yeah, apparently stepping on a slug and eating it creates lots of bad luck for Oblina, and she has to do what she can to undo it. Because the more she goes about her day trying to pretend it's not affecting her, it seems to affect her more and more. Uh, with the elevator rope snapping and them crashing down the shaft, uh, to messing up or scare with that guy with the, the ping pong paddle going on. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot like how people deal with superstitions in real life. I'm, I'm not personally affected by them, but like if you say, oh, don't step on a crack or you break your mother's back or don't go underneath a ladder or open an umbrella indoors, that sort of thing, which are more common ones. Um, it, it's it's easy to ignore it but if you let your mind wander a bit it it's like testing it's taunting you like you have to try it out to see if it actually works or not and in this case for oblina you know she didn't think much of it until she realized how much it's been affecting her subconsciously and so to undo that naturally all that bad luck you have to get something good luck to counter it and Again, due to superstition, but in a more positive light, thinking that the fishbone works in her favor just by rubbing it before she does something that she wants to have a good outcome, uh, it allows her to do so, or at least it, it suggests that it is creating the outcomes that she wants when really it's just her confidence. So throughout the episode, it's, again, it's another simple situation where slug creates bad luck, Rubbing fishbone creates good luck, and in the end, it's just a bunch of hoo-ha, and you should just rely on your your intuition and inner instincts to get through your challenges and also support of your friends. Uh, but it, it's nice to be reminded of these silly little things that do 
float around in the atmosphere and even in pop culture from time to time and whether or not uh, you believe in them yourselves. I like that. I like all that very much so. You know what? Um, at this point right now, I'd like to hear, Alex, how <laughs> this is such a funny question with this episode. <laughs> Because would do you go with like how they they dress them up with all the stuff like the garlic and the underwear? Do you go with, you know what I mean? Like the rituals? Do you go with like all right? Well, how did they use superstition in this episode? Well, to answer that, I'm actually going to tie in a bit with how our monsters use theirs, uh, because I, I feel like Ren simply took what our monsters did, but amplified it. Even though I think uh, Ren Stimpy was first just by a few months yeah well, yeah. yeah yeah but because my the, this one came out in april brett's came out in september yeah. but uh october october, october same yeah. difference <laughs> but uh, yeah brett was actually talking about how stepping on the the worm what was it caterpillar slug uh was was bad luck for monsters which makes sense for the monsters realm they even make fun of what we would deem as being good luck and bad luck because he pulls he pulls out the rabbit's foot and goes ooh gross and throws it away <laughs> i love and that part rabbit's foot yuck Nathan had pointed out where there was a, a horseshoe in the corner of the of the screen. So they do have a, a dabble of what we perceive as good luck, bad luck, but most of the good luck, bad luck the, that's in this episode is made up for monsters because you're in a different kind of universe. Just, just real quick, I like how they poke fun at the human superstitions, though, with those Easter eggs. Yes. Uh, but uh, Ren and Stimpy takes both and gives it a, a massive shot of steroids uh, because it has both the completely made up BS for the show and also the stuff that we actually believe. Uh, I mean, the kissing of the boar's head and then that that's good juju. Taking it and making fun of it, that's bad juju. Uh, in doing an indoor barbecue that's bad juju take the carcass and put it outside on an altar outside to to sacrifice it that's good juju you take it and you throw it inside and you put it on the bed <gasps> that's really bad juju and then to even have instead of a rabbit's foot a leper's foot so i mean you have the made up stuff that just you can tell how it escalates and how bad it is by Stimpy's reaction. Stop it, Ren. Don't you know it's bad luck to ridicule superstition? But Ren, barbecuing indoors is terrible bad luck. No! You've done it now, Ren. It's terrible bad luck to toss your carcass on the bed. Because at first it's just, ooh, that's bad, but then it gets worse and he gets, <gasps> the farther and farther it gets. And then you have the human element of it by having Ren point out how stupid superstitions are by while the carcass is being roasted on the bed he has an umbrella that is open indoors while sitting under a lamp or uh, under a ladder while having Ren dressed in or Stimpy dressed in black walking back and forth so it's a black cat crossing his path it says with, black cat on the suit with the yeah, label black cat on his outfit is <laughs> stepping on cracks on the floor uh, I mean they they took as many things as possible that people are super this entire episode is all about various 
I was going to say fake and real superstitions, but in a way, you know, kind of all superstitions are made up in some form. So it takes things we believe and things that is real in this universe and just it's it's littered. The entire episode is littered with superstitions. I want to say something. I don't want people to come for me. I don't want to get come for and people get upset. <laughs> but growing up Latino, this episode was like an amalgam of like all the superstitions that my grandma would make up. And say like growing up with a Latino grandma, like it, like all the stuff that she like heard growing up in Mexico, or like you know what I mean places like that, and then like the stuff that she learned from Galavision, like watching on TV and like everything coming together. And it's like okay, well, some of these are beliefs, but some of these are a little much, you know. I don't. Know. When you were talking about the superstitions that uh, Ren was going through, Alex, I couldn't help but have flashbacks of Salute Your Shorts, the cursed skull again as Sponge is like opening the umbrella, going under the ladder and yes. proving that the skull isn't cursed. I was just waiting for him to get struck by lightning like it did to Ren. Yep. <laughs> See, I just stepped under the ladder. No bad luck, and I'll do it again. Oops, I just opened an umbrella inside. No bad luck here. stepped on a crack. I bet I broke my mother's back. Um, well, we talked about main characters, supporting characters, use of the superstition themes in these episodes. So when it comes down to this, gentlemen, I'm going to ask, who is the more cursed character? Brett, I let you go first in the beginning. This time, Alex, let's let you go first. I'm, well, obviously, Ren is the most unluckiest creature ever on the planet because he was born. Okay, fair enough. You know what? I was going to say, would you say he was more cursed than Oblina, really? But of course. He he was born on Tuesday the, the 17th. Uh, <laughs> I mean, outside of before that, all these horrible things were happening to him, which, again, is is on par for the course for the series. But Olina doesn't have a whole lot of these horrible physical gags happen to her throughout the entire series. Ren does. Not as much as Stimpy, but he does. Uh, But it's amplified for this episode because we have to show that Ren has bad luck because he is making fun of all this stuff. I mean, he gets attacked by the headless boar uh, he gets struck by lightning on numerous occasions and oh, then boy. gets beat by a footless leper but uh, I mean he can't get away from the lightning I think he got struck t- three times uh, even even to uh, at the safe the safe place the place where we all want to feel safest the restroom and he's struck by lightning there safe and sound at last And then he comes inside completely charcoaled and gets into a spittoon to be <laughs> and is trembling and going, safe. Yes. Safe. <laughs> and then still gets struck by lightning. That tears it. And I'm sorry, I don't care what you say, Stimpy. That is not going to combat ba- bad news. <laughs> that is it was probably un- a copper splatoon also conducting the electricity. Yes. Part, so. Uh, and for those of you who are listening and not watching, I have uh, the screenshot of Ren having to stand on the skunks with the garlic uh, in his undershorts and the leeches and the intestines in his mouth and all that stuff. It, it, you can't get more unlucky than that. Uh, the uh, Oblina blows up her intestines all the, all the time, but it's her own. 
it's it's another to have a, 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 another creature's intestines in your mouth, and he ends up swallowing it because he has to go to the bathroom. It's us. The things he's got to go through are just are. That's are, the stuff that's in like or like cow intestines, but like in Manulo. Yeah. So that's another reason I thought of like my grandma. I was like, this whole episode is just dedicated to her. Manuzo <laughs> and superstitions. It's like a Saturday morning at grandma's. This is good. But yeah, Ren had it really bad this episode. All right, all right. Well, you know what? I, I feel like that's a fair argument. Brett? I keep wanting to say Brett the Hitman Hart when I say your name. It just I like that in. nickname. It's awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome name. Yeah. Um, let's, put, let's put him in the sharpshooter here. Let's see if you can make Oblina seem more cursed. I gotta pull out the big guns because I feel like I shot myself in the foot by writing this category for Alex. <laughs> uh, what can I say about Blobelina? <laughs> See, she's cursing me! I can't speak right! Uh, Oblina, she's, she's used to being perfect. And when you have such a high standard for yourself all the time and live up to everyone's expectations as being the star student, uh, naturally get used to it. So when you're thrown off your A-game, literally, it comes to much more of a shock and it really shakes her entire worldview of how to not only scare uh, to deliver her assignments and perform for her classes, but just her understanding of what, it, what it's like to be a monster. It's, it really gets more fundamental when you look at this episode through layers of subtlety and rewatches that you don't really notice on the surface with just one watch. And I think it's, again, something, something relatable. If you try to ignore something, it only gets bigger in the background until it consumes your mind with every thought. And for Oblina's instance, you know, the more she talks about it after she stepped on it, thinking it was no big deal, the more it begins to affect her, the more she begins you know, eroded with her confidence, the more like every every instance where she's moving around feels like a booby trap or like she can't get, go out into the light of day because she's so cursed she can't even perform a scare again without her your, her lackeys, her best friends, Ickis and Crumb, trying to cheer her up and doing all these various favors for her to, to just make her luckier so that she feels normal again. And to, to undergo such a dramatic transformation is more of a realistic kind of cursed feeling than uh, a less exaggerated, abstract, visually um, grotesque version that we see in Ren and Stimpy. So I think in, in terms of being cursed, it's, it's more relatable because you just have this like black cloud metaphorically hanging over your head and you don't know how to get rid of it or what to do to dissolve it, except you know, try and find something to counteract it, and she'll she'll go for anything. I bet even if Crumb gave her the lucky rabbit's foot or the can of lima beans, she would have rubbed that too and try to get all the luck that she could get out of it, just so that she can get in the game again with the right mindset and get back to her usual A plus 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 scares that she's used to giving for the grumble in the class. So. I, I think she's more cursed because it affects her in a much deeper way and being able to bounce back to that to her her already high standard of normal is is nothing short of amazing and encouraging and empowering when you get to see her, you know, um, recompose herself after she realizes she doesn't need the the lucky bone charm anymore or that the slug really wasn't as bad as everyone else made it out to be. Wow. You know, and quite the scare. What a beautiful scare. Even the girl was like, the fireworks girl? 
Yes, that is amazing. From, from paddle ball bouncing around to like fireworks and even the soccer ball one was really good too where she swallowed the soccer ball and became the soccer ball i didn't know how she did that but that anytime a monster can scare multiple multiple people at once is is a win in my book oblina's a lady of mystery we know that for sure all right guys well it looks like we we need some more juice in our lucky fish bones and our uh, slugs under our armpits so <laughs> We're gonna take a commercial break, but when we get back with all of our superstitious garb, we're gonna go through our final verdict and a couple of fun segments for all of you. So stay tuned, Slime Turs. We'll be right back. Sit tight. Ah! Real monsters will be right back on this. Nick wants to know, if your pets could speak, what would they say about you? Why are you so hairy? Madison beat me apis. I love And what would they say about you and Nickelodeon? We prefer the animal shows. You are uh, I wish Timmy would turn up the volume so I could hear through my shell. After Billy watches Guts, we think Brisk walks. Usually in a good mood after watching Nick. Nickelodeon, tuned into kids and their pets too. Ren and Oblina may be having some misfortune, but all of the campers at Onawana are having a very difficult time. Budnick has found a cursed skull that is wrecking havoc on everyone. Together with Andrew, Dan, and Justin, we discuss our episode review of Salute Your Shorts, The Cursed Skull. You will only find this episode available on Patreon. This season, we have an entire season set exclusively for our patrons, along with early access, live streams, bonus content, and more. Head over to patreon.com slash splatattack. While you're here, please hit the like button and subscribe. If you enjoy our free episodes here on YouTube, please share this with your friends and hit the notification bell. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. We love sharing 90s Nick content with you and building upon this community and your interactions with us is the most effective way for other 90s fans to find us. Thank you all so much for your continued support and we will see you in the slime-filled past. And now back to Ren and Stimpy. Oh, please. Oh, please. Work. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Oh, it looks like we got enough luck to bring back our um, our episode from the commercial break. Welcome back, Slimesters. We're just about to get into the final verdict of our raging verses of superstitious episodes. Oh, lucky monster versus superstitious Stimpy. So let's not belabor things anymore. Let's get down to the nitty gritty and do our final verdict with Nathan. Nathan, take it away for us, please. So going over our categories with both episodes, I want to go and one now. I'm going to designate points off of the categories that we read earlier at the beginning of the podcast. And I'm going to make my way down the list now for Oh Lucky Monster and Superstitious Stampy. When it comes to story, am I allowed to give both one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to give them both. They were both equally. While I love all anything, all monsters all the time, because I'm a huge horror fan. I love them. I love all their stories, all their episodes, the characters. That was a roller coaster of an episode when it comes to the whole story of the yeah the everything that happened the backyard watching the lightning come the, the the horn it was a it was a twist it was twists and turns like i didn't expect it was like watching north by northwest it was insane <laughs> so, i'm gonna give a point to each of them on that one main character i have to say oblina i felt for her i felt for her every time like i said she's a little girl who wants to do good and she just wants to please not only those around her, but also whoever you know she may be proud. Also herself, she strives to reach her limits. 
on a regular basis, and I appreciate that. Supporting characters, <laughs> while I want to go with Lightning, I have to go back with all revolvers again. <laughs> it's, it's tempting to pick Lightning as a supporting character. I mean, it only appears in this one episode, so you can't depend on exactly. Lightning for all the other women's exactly. scenarios. And, and one other episode of The Love Boat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have to go with all revolvers, man. The trio is, it's awesome. You know, yeah. they're they're cute. They're they're awesome. They can scare you, and. Uh, yeah, I think they're a good team. So, use of the superstition theme. <laughs> this one's gonna go to Red and Snippy. So I'm gonna give a point to that instead. Yeah, well, that, uh, okay, cursed. Who's the more cursed? It's clearly in my. I think it was more Oblina being dramatic than being uh, cursed. And I did want to say also that I thought that her not knowing and being as smart as she is and one of the best students about the slug thing was a little weird. Like I felt like there was maybe more like not honors students, monsters, who knew what she sh probably should have known as well too in terms of superstitions. So you missed that one. So last, or uh, for more cursed, I would say it's gonna be red. It's gonna be red the whole time. So. Okay, so we're tied up. With it being a draw, of these two episodes, I mean, we'll, we'll still keep it a draw, but of the two episodes, Nathan, which one do you prefer the most? I would say, due to shock factor because that's why I thought lasting appeal would actually work like if it, we could do it as that because shock factor would come in and I feel like I could show more people randomly the Ren and Snippy episode and have them be like what what's happening here like of course yeah the Auro Monster was a heartfelt episode but I think yeah I think Ren and Snippy for that one now if it was lasting appeal you'd go with Auro Monsters yeah yeah heartfelt things to show the children in the family mm -hmm. awesome. down the line you know yeah, I don't think you can show uh, superstitious Stimpy to your young toddler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you even said earlier you had to shoo, shoo away your son during superstitious Stimpy. Yeah, exactly. If you let him watch too much, he's going to be doing the thing. He's going to be walking around with the big bottle of nipples on the, on the kneecaps. Yeah, we don't need oh, that. We, we don't need yeah. a whole society of nipple-wearing kneecap peoples. <laughs> well done, Brett. Well done. Thank you. Face your opponents. We have a draw. Well done. I hate to make it a tie. I hate to make things difficult. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Oh, that's not the. It's not a first time we've had a tie. It, it's All actually right. been a few times. It was this is our third Thanksgiving time? Thanksgiving and uh, Laughing in the Dark versus One Day at Horrorland. Yeah, so this is our third tie that we've had. That's mm -hmm. it, and that's all given with the the categories that we've got. So it, that yeah, that makes it fun, but okay. uh, even though because we've had on numerous occasions where we have a clear one that we prefer, but that one's still lost over the categories that we had picked. But uh, uh, of these two episodes, just for the record, uh, even though I'm a huge Ren and Stimpy fan, I really liked the story and the overall message of All Real Monsters more. So of these two, even though I defended Ren and Stimpy, I would still say All Real Monsters uh, is my personal preference of these two. It's a, okay. humble, it's a humble opinion. It's one I could rewatch more than the superstitious one. That's purely for shock factor. You know, <laughs> what, lightning pun and all. All right, Brett, what is our first segment? Our first segment is going to be the classic one that's tied with all verses because we want to differentiate between our verses and episode battles until people know what we're doing. 
So this is our uh, classic versus segment rename game. So how rename game works is we come up with an alternate title for our episodes. And usually whoever's defending their episode gets to rename their own title. And our judge, whether it's a guest or one of us, gets to rename both of them. And we'll post them on social media, typically Instagram, because that's where you get the most feedback. And we'll have people vote on which one they prefer. And we'll share it in our next episode, the results. So for Oh Lucky Monster, Nathan, what would you rename the title? How Oblina got her groove back. Yes! Ooh! Ooh I've love been it. waiting for Ooh. that! Ooh. I've been waiting for that all day, boys. I love it. Oh, man. My, my title is horse crap compared to that. <laughs> Alex. What, 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 is, what, is, what is yours? Oh, mine, mine sucks compared to that. I reread it three times. Uh, mine is my alternate title for Oh Lucky Monster is Superstitious with the Fishes. I like that one. I like the flow like of it. Yeah. And I tend to go for flow more than zinger factor i don't know <laughs> yeah mine was like dad jokey yeah good. <laughs> thank you um so nathan what would you name superstitious stimpy if you could rename it i was going like for more realism with the cultist stuff that was happening there so i was just gonna actually rename it midsummer part two. Oh, okay Midsummer before so yeah it was pretty <laughs> weird to me so i'll go with midsummer part two on that one very avant-garde of you. <laughs> Thank you. A24, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would give just a nice, what's the, exposition for the episode, because it's quite the reveal later, so I would just call this the unlucky beast. Okay. I mean, he is, but you could also talk about the boar, too. Yeah. We're going to go around once more, so we name all of our titles, and then we'll show them on the screen for all you Slimesters and Gakoids to vote. So for Oh Lucky Monster, we have Nathan. How Oblina got her groove back. And I had Superstitious with the Fishes. And for Superstitious Stimpy, Nathan had. Midsummer Part Two. And Alex had. The Unlucky Beast. Awesome. Let us know, Slimesters and Gatcoids, what you think, because we're excited to see uh, who will win for this uh, title romp. Alrighty, we're actually going to move into a couple other segments because we ended so early, and this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we we brought back a segment that we tried out once on our Patreon for our Michael Jackson elimination bracket, and it's called Wild Card. And the premise of it is that we just like to add something random into the mix using uh, cards as like a means of multiple choice, and we're just going to pick some cards and take the categories and run with it. So uh, here's our Wild Card title card for you. Okay, so for a wild card, I'm gonna have a bunch of cards here. We have spades, diamonds, clubs, hearts, and a joker. And whichever one you guys pick, you will compare the episode that's on that card to your episode. So Alex, you're gonna compare to Superstitious Stimpy, and since I'm the one who's guiding the, the segment, Nathan, you'll be comparing the, the episode you pick on your card to Oh Lucky Monster. 
So Alex, uh, let's begin. Which card would you like? Uh, so I am going to go with diamonds. Alrighty, Alex picked diamonds. Let's see what's underneath the diamond card. It is Fortune Cookie from Rocco's Modern Life Season 3. So how do you compare Fortune Cookie to Superstitious Stimpy? Which one is the better of the two, do you think, and why? Okay, and Rocco is a show that I have not watched since I was a kid. Uh, the only thing that I really... Because, again, I, the only ones I've watched is ones in preparation for the show. Mm -hmm. But pulling from memory, and Brett, you'll have to correct me, but uh, I believe that's the one where Filbert found a um, found the fortune cookie and said that he's going to have... I yeah. mentioned it in our Cursed Skull episode. It was yeah. bad luck uh, will infest your pathetic soul for all eternity fortune. And he just kept getting it over and over again. And this happened to really strike him at the worst time because he got selected as a contestant for this game show in town called Megaspin where he could win a brand new trailer park house. And uh, he ends up going after all these series of outrageous mishaps uh, throughout town that are bad luck related. He ends up going on the show anyways with like a bunch of clovers on his neck and rabbit's feet and golden, a lucky horseshoe and all this stuff, totally decked out, kind of like how Ren did. And he stands there spinning the giant wheel and the wheel like chases everyone around town, nearly crushing everything in its bath. And then when it comes back to the, the harness of the wheel, the, the stand, it ends up showing up on the, on the tiny wind slot, kind of like Wheel of Fortune. And he ends up winning a brand new house after everything in O-Town was destroyed. Just based on the little bit that I remember and from your description, uh, I would change a few things. Um, I, I would probably choose uh, Rocco over Ren and Stimpy. But uh, I think Ren has more, still has the more unluck. But I do feel that uh, Rocco... Probably it's a tie for which one had the best use of superstition, but I would have sided with main character and supporting character more on Rocco than on Red and Stimpy. So I think those two would have uh, edged it out a little more, but I, I think that's a really good episode to put those two against. Yeah, hopefully we'll uh, do it as an episode reviewer. See it later in our podcast schedule. All right, Nathan, which card would you like? I'm going to go with hearts. All righty, both red suits. So under the hearts card, we have Doug's Lucky Hat from Doug Season 2, which we covered last year on our podcast for Episode 17 in Season 2. How do you compare Doug's Lucky Hat to Oh Lucky Monster, Nathan? Doug has a hat. Doug finds a hat. Yeah, yeah. he finds a hat. He doesn't it own the hat. Him. It finds Okay, okay. <laughs> You're getting me hotter here. I'm getting it. <laughs> You're good. He starts getting some good luck. But at some point, does Roger like, hey, funny. Like, he wants it. Like, yeah. Is there, a, is there an animal? Like, like they, they find an animal? Hamlet. Yeah. They, find yeah. Someone's pet? They, they found a hamster. Okay. He, they found some old uh, uh, Smash Adams glasses. He won a radio <laughs> contest. I mean, he had great fortune. And then was claiming about playing it off real cool like oh it's not lucky it's just a hat so roger took it from him and uh it's like oh well then you don't mind if i take it then do ya and Ugh. uh doug ends up giving it to him and he ended up getting some good luck by getting a passing grade on a test uh okay. for d minus <laughs> d minus and uh then the wind took it away uh to go to somebody else to have the good luck 
carry on my wayward son, right? That's Just right. dust in the wind like or, Kansas. Duck, damn it. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say both of those. Yeah, I think it's... um. I think it's comparable, and I think it is similar to the other episodes, just based on the fact that they think they need something to be what they already are. I mean, anybody in the episode, whether it's Roger or Doug, you you think that you need a little bit more, or that extra little piece, or that extra, we're allowed to say drugs, that, that extra, you know, jump or bump or whatever that gets you to the next level, and they, it was the rabbit foot, or the fish head, or the uh, the hat. I think that they, uh, they're similar in those ways. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially that moment where Patty helps Doug realize he's lucky even without, or he's a winner without the hat. Mm -hmm. And that's when like he's from able an, to let it from go. From Acus right there. Very exactly. Acus of Patty. Yeah, that's yeah. a really comparable episode to the Our Monsters one. That's two, two good ones. Yeah, both choices for this wild card seem dead even with their comparisons. It'd be fun to put those two up against each other. Uh, the, the Rocco and Doug. We could do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got plenty of content to work with for decades. It's possible. <laughs> so um, I'll just I'll just list all the cards that you didn't pick in case anyone's curious. Mm -hmm. So for spades, the choice was the tale of Jake and the Leprechaun from Are You Afraid of the Dark Season 1. Oh, gosh. And then for clubs, we had, of course, the Cursed Skull from Slutty Short Season 2. We already got plenty of mention in this episode. <laughs> and then for Joker, this is this is a little bit out of left field, and that's how I like my Jokers to be, is Lady Luck from Rugrats Season 5. And that, that one, for anyone who's curious, who's an older 90s Nick fan, that basically involves Grandpa going to, like, a senior center to play bingo and try and win a prize because he's been down on his luck lately. And he takes all the Rugrats there with him and... Uh, they they hear grandpa saying oh i wish lady luck were here to help me and then the the kids take it literally and try to look for lady luck in the senior center and then there's this like uptight lady manager who's like trying to make everything perfect around there but whenever the kids interfere looking for lady luck they like press on a pottery wheel to sling some clay at people or they speed up the music in the jazzercise room to make everyone more like lively and keeping up with the beat and so their interference inter inadvertently makes things more fun and less orchestrated uh, to the senior center's plans. And it's it's causing this lady manager to become more and more frazzled and unraveled, trying to keep the keep the structure of things. And then when they finally get back to the, the bingo room, uh, because she found the breadcrumb trail, or rather um, bingo chip trail of the babies, carrying them around with them, it turns out that grandpa finally ends up winning the, the bingo competition gets his prize and the the rugrats show up just in time to greet him and uh the the lady who became frazzled is more relaxed now her hair's down and she brings all the kids back to grandpa and they end up going on a date for ice cream at the end so even if it is a later rugrats episode i i enjoy it quite a bit rugrats and i thought it was worth mentioning always good yeah uh, we're actually going to move into our final segment for the day because it's not that often we get some mail from Mona. So coming back from season three, it's Mona's Mailbag. All right. So for Mona's Mailbag, we actually have a review and a letter, um, both from fans. So we're going to see what they have to say. Alex, would you like to read one of these for us? 
Sure, I will take the review. It's quick and simple. Uh, this uh, this is from Daisy, and she had posted this over on Apple Podcast, I believe. Is that where we yep. got this from? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the title reads, Wonderful Podcast with an exclamation point. Uh, sent in on the 1st of February, 2023. Uh, <laughs> Daisy says, I love getting to relive my childhood. I was a 90s Nickelodeon junkie, and now I am introducing it to my kids. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you so much, Daisy. Appreciate it. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you took the time to just write that for us, even mm-hmm. if it was very short and sweet. You know, things like that really help us get found in a in a sea of podcasts these days. It seems like everyone in their grandma is doing one, but just to know that there are people out there who are listening and enjoy our content means the world to us. Yeah. So thank you once again, Daisy, and to anyone else, Slimesters, Gakoids, uh, who continue to support us and just express your love for what we do because it keeps us motivated and doing more of what you love. So here we also have another letter uh, from our friend Ryan Smiga, who goes by Smigalodian on Instagram. Title is Nicktoons because he saw our bonus favorite Nicktoons episode on Patreon. He says, hey, Alex and Brett, I really enjoyed your episode of Nicktoons. I'm a huge Nickelodeon fan. I remember watching all the 80s and 90s shows at my grandma's house while I ate Kid Cuisine TV dinners when I visited her. <laughs> my favorite Nicktoons have to be from Doug, Hey Dude, Wild and Crazy Kids, Salute Your Shorts, and Legends of the Hidden Temple. In actuality, I like all the Nicktoons, but two that don't get a lot of recognition are from Eureka's Castle and you can't do that on television. Once again, thank you for doing what you do and for bringing back my childhood memories of Nickelodeon! Exclamation point from Ryan. Thank you so much, Ryan, for taking the time to write into us. This was a very thoughtful email that we got, mm-hmm. and uh, we love that you enjoyed our Nicktoons uh, episode because it's our very first Gakoids choice where all of our patrons who we refer to as the Gakoids actually picked this episode topic for us and we just rolled with it and it, it was a lot of fun. It, very, very hard to whittle down Nicktoons for the sake of this list because let's be honest, there's like hundreds if not thousands out there to choose from and we had to narrow it by album, theme song, and in-show tune. Uh, but we're happy we did it and we probably discovered some music as a result. Yeah, a lot of fun. If you if you aren't a patron, please go check it out. Support. There's a a whole nother season there that's only for our Gakoids. So go go check it out. We have coming up on 16 bonus episodes that you won't get anywhere else. So if you need more 90s Nickelodeon while you're waiting for the next main timeline episode of Splat Attack, head over there. I mean, it's only a few bucks a month. What more? What more can you ask for? All right, Brett, what is our closing question for this episode? Our closing question is, what are some things you like to do for good luck? Could be like Alex, where he had a lucky rabbit's foot. (laughs) Um, You could spin around three times while gargling intestines. I don't know. Uh, Oh, gosh, no. I have no idea. I have no idea what I do for good luck. Um, Cross my fingers. Rub the bone behind the bush. Uh, that is I recommend not but... yeah don't do that don't do that it doesn't matter who you are don't do that <laughs> Oblina only gets a pass because it's it's a good <laughs> plot point but don't do that yeah <laughs> maybe I should ask a different closing question how about no, that's this a, that's, a, that's a fine closing question <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know I'm really going to get some weird responses <laughs> no, no, all, <laughs> if all any. the better <laughs> yeah 
Well, if you don't want to answer that, let us know which one of these episodes you like more and why. So there's an optional second question for you if you're weirded out. Uh, write, write to us via email at splattack2021 at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at Splattack Podcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Splattack Podcast, which is almost at 1,000 subscribers. So if you want to help us grow, definitely hit that subscribe button and uh, get the bell for notifications. And also, in case you haven't heard, our bonfire store is back up with plenty of shirts and mugs to show your podcast support. So if you want to get a logo t-shirt from any of the seasons we've done so far, since the changes every season, or mug, or even a Team Slime Store Gakoid shirt, head on over to bonfire.com slash store slash store with hyphens in between store. We'll show a link on the screen so you can just, you know, click it and put it in the show notes on podcasts, Podbean, wherever. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Nathan, for joining us today. It was really great to have you on and dissect these episodes to see how lucky they were. Is there anything you'd like to plug before you go? Well, I want to say thank you also very much. This has been one of the best times I've had for a while now. Um, well, I'd like to plug myself. Nathan, Pop Culture Northwest is what I do. We buy, sell collectibles, retro, Nickelodeon, Disney, all kinds of stuff. Um, we also travel to pop culture destinations, Disneyland, Nickelodeon Universe, at Mall of America, we go to Universal Studios, and we help people get there as well too. You can find our content on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and also uh, yeah, on YouTube. And we're Pop Culture Northwest, and we love everything that this podcast is about and everything you guys do too. So it's been awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely go check out Nathan. Uh, I've been following his stuff for a while. He's got some great stuff in his collection uh, and he's been all over the place with some really cool theme park and uh, pop culture places. It's fun watching every place that you go to and watching the Thank collection you. and the things that you work on. It's it's freaking awesome. So definitely go. If you guys deem this a success, I was actually going to propose... Um, Maybe having me back on again and maybe letting me put together kind of uh, my version of an episode and we will discuss if we were able to bring back Nickelodeon Studios, the theme park, mm -hmm. what would we make it be? What would we have and what elements would have to be there for it to be a success today? That's a really good topic. I do you make like that, that a special topic or create your own or whatever we have in our format bag. So, or you guys we'll, just we'll, hit me up on the personal line and we don't even have to make an episode. We can just be buddies talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you <laughs> All want. the better. All the better. <laughs> cool. No, well, I had a great time, you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank it you. was great to meet you, Nathan. And uh, all that sounds exciting that you do on Instagram. So we'll check it out and so should our Slimesters and Gatcoids. Definitely. Awesome. Alrighty, tune in next time, Slimesters, when we head to the pet shop and take our furry or scaly friends back home when we nurture our favorite Nickelodeon pets with a fresh bowl of pizza and ice cream. Just kidding. <laughs> Unless your Rogers cat stinky. Joining us will be our own pets, Nikau and Molly, so it'll be interesting to see what their perspective is on some beloved 90s Nick animals we call friends. Until then, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? I have a hunch if I wear this goat pelt, this fish bone, and shove a bunch of garlic in my underpants, my luck's gonna change. Aye aye, co-captain. Good luck with that. I'll, I'm sure he'll, he'll be a hit at parties. And the luckiest one there too. <laughs> Splat you later, slimesters. <laughs> Praise the theme song and roll the credits. <laughs>
working, it's time for me to go. I'm glad that's over. Now for a peaceful night's sleep. Well, that does it for now. Yeah, we gotta catch a train. Since I'm going home, you can't my arts and crafts project. It's a tweezer holder. All right, guys. Let's go far. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. La 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 lo. Saba Saba. Ubi Abanaba. Ub Iwerks. Oh, great exalted Juju Mombasa. Please accept this filthy offering so that old lady misfortune will ne'er again hock phlegm in our face again. It's a fish head on a chain. You, uh, wear it and you rub it. Yeah, wear it and rub it. It's the luckiest thing in the world.